Hello and welcome to this episode of BIA's Leading Local Insights podcast. I'm Rick Ducey, Managing Director of BIA Advisory Services. We're excited to have this podcast to provide an immediate and deeper look into our current insights and assessments of local media. Every Tuesday, a member of our analyst team will provide insights into local traditional and digital ad platforms. We'll talk about BIA's ad forecast updates, offer deep dives into business verticals, and consider tech and business model trends all in the local media space. If you have an idea of what you'd like us to cover, email us, please, at podcast at BIA.com. So today, we have the great pleasure to speak with Edil Kakem, who is Senior Vice President of Research and Insights at Odyssey. Edil, before we get started, we would love to just hear a bit about your personal background and how you got to where you are in your career. Sure. Um, I was always fascinated by media and, in fact, uh, studied that in graduate school, looking at the effects of media on um, behavior. And then I uh, dabbled into research um, and also separately marketing. At, uh, I specialized a lot in um, digital communications and online influencers. Um, that was really the um, the first time in my career um, where I started seeing um, a specialization opportunity and also recognizing my personal quest for things that are that go through transformation it was at a time this is at a time when um, media was almost shifting hands from uh, from the typical publisher to the consumer if you will uh, through digital media and then um, after that I you know dabbled into some marketing um, uh, because I wanted to apply what I was preaching so, so to speak through research I wanted to go out there and build campaigns and create impact for clients um, worked on the agency side for about a decade and then really realized that research is home for me I like knowing facts and I find comfort in figuring things out um, and and having numbers that back it up um went to work for nielsen for about nine years close to nine years and then uh joined the journey the odyssey at odyssey that's excellent okay so you mentioned graduate school i have to bring up a word owl and <laughs> see what that means. <laughs> all right <laughs> well that was undergrad yeah we share uh we share some history through brimmar right at brimmar yes. college exactly my daughter um went to Bryn Mawr. So that was that was uh, uh, an interesting fact that uh, Adel and I shared. Um, yeah, so you mentioned some really interesting things here that I'd like to expand on a bit. Um, your interest and attraction in media and research and marketing campaigns, execution and really tying it all together. Uh, so you, you mean your journey kind of reflects a bit about the industry where now the industry has become I probably it's fair to say a bit crazed around data. <laughs> um, there is so much data driven um, activity and so many different data sources that we start to wonder about, okay, what are the quality of these different data sources? And we do want to base decisions on data, but also insights and some judgments, but data is so critical. So you've got a wonderful background uh, from both the creative side, thinking about things from a marketing perspective, and then activation planning from an agency side. Your your time at Nielsen gives you a deep grounding in data and methodology. Where where do you think we are? I mean, so people like companies, your company, you know, data science and and organizing things around data. That that is is that 
um, a thing that's going to stay with us in the media industry, or is it just kind of um, a fad that people will get over and we'll move on to the next thing? I don't think it's a fad at all. I think uh, more and more we're going to rely on um, uh, data-driven decisions, and because uh, you know this is how big investments and important investments in content and audience development in um, advertising need to be made. And if anything, we'll get smarter about how we're making investments, how to optimize plans, how to make sure we're speaking in um, in the appropriate relevant ways to our audiences. I hope we get smarter along the way and not drop data. Yeah, that's it's. And so the data, I mean, I'm actually very glad to hear that because I think um, some of my personal journey overlaps some of the things you went through. So yeah, I, mean, I really believe in data and methodology and data supporting decisions um, and getting smarter. Um, I'll just dabble a bit here um, and then bring it back to earth a bit. But so when you think about data and data science uh, and knowledge amplification, how can we make really smart decisions with data? There's a balance between the data-driven part of it and the, the insights and judgment part of it. So that kind of mind meld uh, between the machine, what it can do, and the mind, uh, what it can do. And there's this op-ed piece you, you may have seen that uh, Eric Schmidt, former CEO, chairman of Google, and Henry Kissinger, and an MIT computer science professor, whose name I'm terribly sorry, I forget offhand, wrote a piece about AI and kind of cautions about AI. Uh, AI can amplify um, and help activate human knowledge and insight through data and training and so on, but it can also get us into some trouble. Um, so that's, we do want to get smarter through data, but I mean, do you, do you, how far do you see data going in the media business? I, I think, um, we use automation, for instance. Um, I, I think it's you always need um, some sort of human touch, is what I mean. Um, we use automation, for instance. I'll give that one example um, too, because we have numbers to track and we want those uh, key numbers to update regularly. Let's say in certain reports, and we use automation, AI-driven automation, and and also AI-driven insights um, to quickly understand whether something is resonating or not. At the end of the day, you have to bring in your experience, um, your acumen, your read of the marketplace, and a, a human judgment into the numbers that you're looking at, always. Um, I think the key is to ask smart questions, and that comes from experience, again, from um, everything from um, what you're learning along the way, um, everything that you are reading about the audio industry, let's say, and beyond. Um, for instance, I like thinking about the unlikely competitors. I like thinking about the climate, the economy, uh, politics, um, what else is going to impact our industry. And bring all of that knowledge into the way you may look at a given number and try and make sense of it all. At the end of the day, I think it's really about a smart question, a good analyst, and the quality of the data, but in that order. That I think is super critical. I really um, believe that, and and uh, the way you articulated, I think, is is really so powerful. Let me. So when we get into the data and the methodology and asking a smart question, I know that um, one of the constructs you've been working with is audio amplification, and as we as we think about 
audiences and consumers and what their needs are and how they interact with audio as an experience, basically. I want, I want to get into that a bit more also. But um, you've been working a lot with neurological research, so I've been diverting a bit into um, AI and, and uh, automation. Uh, but with neurological research, that is uh, uh, kind of a tool, I guess, or, or a process for learning more about um, your audiences. Can you talk a bit more about how you're using neurological research as a tool for insight and understanding? Definitely. Um, so that's a perfect example of um, how our knowledge of our space, understanding of the interaction between our influencers and audiences, which is really uh, core to human experience how all of that those observations made us ask a smart question about truly how engaging an audio impression should be we hypothesized based on our experiences our knowledge of the space that audio was deeply engaging but we wanted to show it and to truly be able to measure it we felt we the need to tap into neuromarketing tools or neuro measurement because we really wanted to understand how our mind was being consumed through audio content. Again, hypothesizing that audio engaged our hearts and minds differently than say a video, than say TV or another form of media or even social, which you might think is uh, deeply engaging, but maybe not so after the study we learned. Um, so we reached out to a company called um, Immersion, um, They quickly learning that they provide the software for this uh, sort of measurement, and they partner up with a wonderful boutique agency called um, Alter Agents. So those are our partners in this uh, body of work. And the way they operate it was very compelling to us because this was also after lockdown was lifted, but still people felt the fear of COVID and maybe even more so than now. This is pre-vaccines um, rollout and we want didn't want to measure people's stress, but we wanted to truly understand how they interacted with audio and other media in comparison in their day-to-day -day environment in a natural setting. So what they do is they put a smart wristband on you or an Apple Watch will work as well, but think of it almost like a Fitbit uh, type of um, smart wristband that gauges your um, heart rate. And the unit of measurement in this body of work is uh, variations in heart rate, which is a proxy for your brain activity. It really captures those moments when you are deeply connected to the content, almost uh, having a wow moment. Um, an aha moment, and then when you are maybe not so much deeply connected with what you're hearing or seeing and thinking of something else. Um, it's second by second biometric data. And then all of that gets harnessed to say, well, here's how engaged people are with audio content, with TV, with social, with video, um, you name it. And then we supplemented that with a survey because you can't always get everything from one type of measurement to right. just better understand the context in which we were operating. For instance, from that, we learned the survey part showed us people use up to seven different types of media in a given week. It is an incredibly cluttered space. We knew that, but it's it's almost awakening to visualize seven things overlapping. And then from the immersion study, we saw that audio was the most engaging, the most immersive medium, far ahead of social, far ahead of TV. 
And some of the answers about trusting these sources from the survey back that up. People said, I trust audio. Um, they were more likely to say that they trust audio sources, um, be it over the air, streaming, or podcast, than say um, what they were reading, which is to me fascinating because I'm a reader, um, <laughs> which is um, definitely more than social. They put digital pure place separately than, um, than say OTA, uh, because again of this trust issue. So we saw a lot of nuances and back that up with those biometrics. One of the things that comes out of that research, which is really fascinating, uh, is this notion of an engaged impression. I think you, you mentioned that briefly. Can you elaborate a bit on, on the audio engaged impression? Absolutely. So uh, we believe audio impression weighs more than the average impression. There's definitely a trend in the industry to um, trade on the basis of impression, to evaluate value on a basis of impression. Um, and when it comes to audio, we would like to remind um, our B2B audiences that an impression that you're placing in audio goes further because it is more immersive as a medium. It is more trusted. And when you factor in CPMs between trust, immersiveness, immersion, and uh, CPM rates, audio is really the optimal medium. So there's, I mean, so um, Odyssey, your company, and, and David Field and the whole team there has reconceptualized what audio can mean uh, based on some of the work you're describing, but also just some competitive entrepreneurial instincts, I guess. Uh, and that gets uh, reflected in the brand change uh, from Intercom to Odyssey. And it's really an evolutionary stage, I think. I mean, we um, lately people are talking about Facebook and, and Mark Zuckerberg rebanding around the metaverse and now calling it uh, Meta. Uh, so, you know, a while back, Intercom rebranded to Odyssey. And that kind of is the capstone on a number of different activities and initiatives, some um, acquisitions uh, and some repositioning all around audio. So, you know, it's not just a radio company, it's truly an audio company with integrated audio platforms across uh, over the air radio, streaming, podcasting, and so on. So you're really organizing as a company around the concepts that you've been sharing with us now about audio. Um, so that notion of integrated audio and distributing content and engaging audiences across the different platforms um, seems pretty critical to as a space to play in audio these days. How are those different? Uh, how are the platforms different in terms of maybe this concept of audio amplification or engaged impressions, podcast, streaming, and over-the-air broadcast? That is, in itself, a comprehensive audio. Um, I, I think, um, you know, it's a balance between um, our OTA content and and emerging platforms like podcasts. So we're what we are seeing is that with OTA content, be it streaming or um, on traditional radio, um, it's definitely moving to the communities that they speak to. People are um, loyal, dedicated. They seek out their um, influencers, programming. Um, they start listening, say at home. They carry that into the car. And with podcasts, it opens up a new way of engaging that um, audience and to broaden that audience on topics that matter to them. 
um, especially with podcasts, we see the highest attention levels um, and truly personal prime time come afore, uh, where people will say, this is what I listen to when I'm alone. This is me time. Um, I listen to it after everyone goes to bed or I listen to it when I'm commuting, but it's I'm alone and I'm fully engaged, immersed, and I'm listening. I, we saw that um, when we asked in a survey, we saw that when we measured with immersion neurologically, how deeply involved, for instance, the podcast audience was. Because they're listening to something that they are choosing in a time that they want and a topic of great interest to them. And the hosts have a lot of um, right. uh, you know, power in that engagement. So each of these platforms that roll up into this bigger concept of audio, streaming, um, OTA, podcast, has some really unique and valuable uh, aspects to it, value propositions. For, for an agency or a brand that you work with, um, given your you know background, you've got this rich background in agency and marketing. Um, how do you design a campaign to get the most value across these different platforms? So it's interesting you say that. We just published um, research on uh, return on ad spend, and it was based on um, a meta analysis of uh, 46 different, more than 40 national brands, uh, media mix models over the past three years, including the COVID era. So that showed us first of all that there is a dire need to include more audio because it returns so much on your investment and a lot of brands across categories are under invested currently in audio so it's definitely uh, a room for optimization and improvement only to sell more i mean it's a it's a win-win um another key finding from that was this the need to balance over the air and digital assets in that process so say you're dialing up um investments in audio you found an inefficiency in your plan i'm not talking about adding more dollars to the plan, but you find you're overspending in a medium that is not re re you know, returning as much more, um, and you're moving those dollars to audio, the ideal combination is over the air plus digital, and digital including podcast streaming, etc. It's really a balance of those, because there's still audiences that are only OTA, there's still audiences that are only podcasts, and there's quite a bit of an overlap as well. Um, but they respond differently and they operate influence differently. So we know that at a granular level, but it was really eye-opening to see that come afore um, in this study. So when developing campaigns, think audio, think over the air and digital. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to, two more things I wanted to cover with you before I let you go. One is part of your research, you looked at some of the content elements and uh, local factors high into that, uh, local content, and you had mentioned trust and so on. So local content, local hosts, local ads. How critical is that to the to the mix of what you bring to audiences and your advertisers? I think it's fundamental. Um, it's really about communities. And we didn't set out to, you know, to prove that, oh, local was going to make such a big difference. But we just saw in research, that's what emerged. People said, the reason why they make a choice of listening is because of local content and host trust. And the host trust is uh, over the air or a podcast host. So it's really about that voice 
and familiarity with that voice. We perhaps could have pontificated on it based on our industry experience prior to that study, but it was really eye-opening to see that factor be the leading factor and then qualitatively people telling us, well, I, they just know my city. They know my problems. They, they live in the same city and they get me or they do it so authentically, so naturally that I feel like buying that product because of the way they are able to uh, speak to that product as part of their program without um, being uh, overtly messaging about it. So there are many, many um, relationship points in, in what we found that is quite relevant uh, to local content, quite relevant to local locally placed advertising. And it really boils down to human connections and communities. Yeah, I mean, human connections, community, um, so fundamental and critical. It's great to tap into that with these tools you're using for research, like the the uh, neurological methodology you're using, um, which can really uncover some, I guess, fairly brilliant ways to add value to what from what you're doing to the audience and, and also to your advertisers. Um, for for audio, one of the things I wanted to amplify to come back to an earlier comment you made about looking at different media and how engaged audiences are with different media. Uh, it seems like we in the media business and actually even just in a general press, the daily newspapers, uh, it's OTT and CTV everywhere and uh, cord cutting and, and a lot of what is in kind of a popular discussion space is extremely video centric, which is sensible from the perspective of we are spending a lot more time on video of those civil media that you mentioned that people use in their research. I mean, video takes a lot of time in its various forms. Uh, but one of the things I was so fascinated and drawn to in uh, your work and what Odyssey is doing generally as a company is kind of being loud and proud about audio and its effectiveness and impact in a variety of different ways uh, as a commercial medium um, for connecting marketers with their consumers, but also building around these fundamental concepts, like you're saying, of uh, human connections and community. So we're going through this you know, brilliant video phase uh, where video is so exciting. Um, but I, what I like is the kind of work that you're doing and Odyssey is doing and others is, hey, audio is, is a really critical part of our lives too. And in fact, it has some aspects that are even more valuable um, to lock into than video or certainly video alone. You know, well, I work at Odyssey. Of course, I'm going to say I agree with that. But here, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I really for this is what I would encourage people to um, look into uh, as they are making these key decisions. Like we talked about the value of asking smart questions. Let's look into how people are spending their time. Audio time is the one line of media that increased during COVID and is holding on post-COVID. People got into the habit of using smart speakers. Um, they uh, are working from home, but with audio in the background. Audio is the number one medium when working from home. Um, and there are so many lifestyle changes that happen, but all of which catapulted audio to a new height. And your investment should match consumer behavior to seize the moment. 
a lot of things we stopped doing. A lot of things, um, like commute time went down, etc. But we all know that. But uh, let's look at the way people are choosing to spend their time, having realized how precious time is, right. having realized um, that priorities are shifting. And, and putting the time into what's valuable to them. And audio stands tall on that on that picture that I'm drawing. So one of something you know to think about and ask a smart question about, okay, well, does my media investment match the way and the amount of time that um, audiences are spending? Another key question is to think holistically about the shifts in the media space. TV ratings are declining. There's screen fatigue. Um, CTV is a great investment from a TV perspective. Uh, give audiences something that they can um, subscribe to, that they can um, pick and choose, right? But that's their business. And the key question I'd like to ask, is it covering the league? Is the audience um, going to CTV or are they taking their time and add dollars elsewhere? I mean, I know the answer to that because when we look at things like that, we see that um, those CTV audiences are nowhere near robust, um, you know, what TV used to be. And, and audio comes in again very strongly in there with ubiquitous reach, with deep engagement and solid impact. Yep. Um that's the deal. I mean, I'm, I'm, what you're saying is so powerful, and it's, it's such great learning that you're sharing here. Um, it's it's wonderful. Is there, I have one more uh, kind of takeaway question I want to ask you, but is there anything else that you wanted to mention that we didn't touch on? Um, and I think not really. I mean, you, we, I think we covered the main um, concepts and uh, that someone looking <laughs> into audio should think about. Um, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity um, to share the mic here with you and uh, really uh, invite uh, anyone who's listening to join us on our odyssey as we um, move towards the future of audio and really the media. Right. Very well said. And so, yeah, and that really leads to my last question, which is um, you've shared some fascinating information and insights and really stimulated some thinking here. And you mentioned um a study return ad spend study and i know you've done some other work uh, uh and odyssey is extremely lucky to have you the industry is lucky to have you for being that person that asks the smart questions and delivers some great data and interprets that data in a powerful way uh, so how um how can people learn more about what you're doing uh you know get a hold of these studies or kind of keep up to date uh, a newsletter or something like that Absolutely. Uh, well, thank you for your compliments, first of all, uh, and your kind words. But odysseyinc.com is our uh, business website, and we publish at least a couple articles a week in there under insights. So if you go to odysseyinc.com under insights, you can sign up to hear from us so you don't have to remember going to the website even. Um, but a lot of knowledge there, and we post our uh, new studies there as well. That's great to hear. Adele, thank you so much for joining us in our uh, BIA podcast. Uh, uh, my hope pleasure. Hope cool. so. Take care. Uh
You too. Well, thank you for joining me. This has been Rick Ducey uh, for BIA Advisory Services Podcast. Tune in for more BIA podcasts where we bring industry insights straight to you. We also invite you to join our webinars page at www.bia.com for previous and upcoming events related to BIA's data, insights, and thought leadership like you've been hearing today, all in the local media and ad marketplace. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of the day. And thanks again, Edel.